Welcome to iKidapod, a podcast designed, researched, and produced by kids. I'm Ms. Thompson, and I'm here with Mrs. Trepto. Hello. Uh, we will be guiding my current fourth graders uh, while they bring you episodes updating and informing you about the 2021 Iditarod. We are excited to be bringing you a season six of iKidapod, a coverage of the 49th Iditarod. Woo! Which next year will be 50. That's awesome. Ikidapod was the brainchild of Felicity Trepto. Sorry. (laughs) She is a former Riverside fourth grade teacher for the D.C. Everest School District. Felicity was a co-teacher of mine for eight years, and we worked together on the Iditarod unit for about five of those years. So um, just to give you a little history of this podcast, Felicity is going to take over from here. (laughs) Sure. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Yes, Felicity Trepto here. Um, so I guess it was five years ago, six years ago, six years ago, um, I was still in the classroom teaching fourth grade and I had always, um, taught something to do with the Iditarod, something around the Iditarod with my fourth graders. I just found it to be a super engaging topic. It has to do with dogs, wilderness adventure, what's not to love about it. Um, we always used to read Woodsong by Gary Paulson. And I guess that year I was just wanting to kind of, um, bring some light into the the unit, breathe some life into it, I should say. And, you know, I'm really big on any time that you can find a way to give your students an authentic audience where what they're producing actually is told to the world, that, that you automatically are going to have awesome engagement. <laughs> and I had just myself recently started learning about podcasting. Um, I myself started dabbling. I was listening to some of the podcast serial um, what are some of our other favorites? I could go down this a rabbit hole real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's for sure. Okay, I'll keep us focused. Um, a lot of teacher ones. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yes. Brain Brainwaves. If you're yeah. not subscribed to that one, do it. Yeah. My, my boy, Ben Kelb in Colorado. Woo <laughs> uh, Shout out. <laughs> and so. <Name> dropping. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, just thought, gosh, this might be kind of cool to, to do with my students. I really have no clue how to go about this, but I'm just going to dive in, right? Take a risk here and see what happens. And if it fails, oh, well. Um, but there's potential it could be awesome. Yeah. And, and we so, had recently gone one-to-one with iPads, yes, which yep, was yep. helpful. Yeah, so we, our district is K-12 um, public school district, and we have been one-to-one iPads now for six or seven years actually. Yeah, we should be moving into a new round of... Yeah, yeah. a new fleet, hopefully (laughs) soon. Um, And so that's kind of really where it it all started. And um, I just kind of jumped off this cliff with my students, you know, and then I told, I was very real with them and said, guys, I don't, I don't really have all the answers. I don't 100% know how this is going to go, but I think it might be a really cool thing to try. Um, And I guess the rest is is history, as they say, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's a huge thing, right? Taking risks with the kids mm-hmm. um, is a huge part of it. Being so vulnerable awesome. in front of them, you bet. Yeah, which actually leads into the next question of where are you today, Felicity? Oh, what are you up to question. and how are you still connected to this podcast? Yes, well, about four years ago, I stepped out of the classroom to take on a new role for our district. Um, I'm a, one of two integration specialists. I primarily work with um, kindergarten through fifth grade. Uh, essentially, what I do is I, I help teachers to integrate technology, to integrate the iPad, um, to build you know, um, lessons within their, their curriculum. 
you know, we like to look at that Samar model a lot and things like that. I lead a lot of professional developments, um, and I, I get to be in a lot of classrooms throughout the district, which is kind of a cool position to be in. Now, of course, this year with COVID, my role looks a little different, um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how our podcast will be a little bit different because of that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where I've been the last four years, and I feel honored that I can still have a little bit of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, a little bit different this year, um, just because we can't have her visit the classroom, um, but they sure do know your name, um, and we've done a lot of virtual um, teachings through. Uh, I visit through WebEx now. Yeah. Yes, I am the, the flat Mrs. Trepto up on the TV. <laughs> hey They still love it and are still hopeful and always excited to see you, so. All right, moving on. To the next All section. right. So I think one of the big questions that not only comes from other teachers, but from parents um, is how does this fit into our curriculum? Right. Like this, this whole podcasting thing, um, all the years that we've done it really brings up a lot of excitement with the kids and engagement. And somebody walking down the hallway might peek in and go, oh, my gosh, utter chaos is happening in there because it really starts to look a little bit like a mini newsroom. <laughs> um, but we want to know how how does this fit into the curriculum? How are you making sure that you're still hitting all of those curricular goals with this project? Yeah, it's interesting this year. I, I changed roles this year, and I have a new um, co-teacher. And one of the things that was asked right away was, well, how is it fitting into the standards? And isn't that um, something that always drives us drives us as teachers is, is that component? And I would argue that, you know, without even dissecting it and looking at it, as I can guarantee you it's hitting more than we could ever uh, account for or tally up or, or however you want to word that um, on top of just creating students that um, can think critically and um, those types of things. But I fit it this year into my writing um, just because of the way that my schedule is designed this year uh, with COVID. Things have been interesting. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that later as well. Uh, but uh, I only have 12 students in my classroom. Thank you, DC Everest, for really making sure teachers are safe and kids are safe. With that, a few of my fourth graders that are working on this project aren't always in the room, so I have to fit it into my writing class. And with that, our focus is really working on scripts and how do we take and read. Um, so the reading component is is taking things that they find on Iditarod.com, as well as um, news media sites and those things, and summarizing those and then turning it into something that the audience informational writing. And so those are the pieces that I really have been honing in and focusing in on. Uh, but there's also, you know, the science behind it with the dogs and how much they need to eat and the math and, and they the sometimes, environment. the environment, <laughs> uh, so on and so forth. And so there's different ways that we can do that. But how about you? How did you fit it into your particular curriculum when you worked on it yourself? Yeah, very similar to yours. Um, it primarily happened in my English language arts block in the morning. Um, and just like you said, there's so much reading that's happening because they're going out there scoring, scoring, looking for the research. They're reading articles. They're having to summarize, um, write those scripts up. Um, and at the same time, we're reading books like Woodsong. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're learning more about the background of this race. Um, they're they're doing some math with, you know, how many calories the dog have to take in. You know, those temperatures and what happens to the the environment when the temperatures go really warm or really cold. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really tried to infuse basically every subject into it, but primarily when the students worked on it was during that reading writing um, block. Right. Yeah. So for me as well. 
I'm talking uh, with my hands a lot. I know you can't <laughs> see that, but if you hear my fingers clap together, that's what's happening. <laughs> Always a teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, um, just to add to that, um, this year in particular, we've been working on the standard um, to answer the question that my colleague had asked me is um, multiple sources uh, to write about the same topic. And so analyzing multiple accounts of the same situation, those things. So, which we've also had an experience as a teaching crew this year of really doing a standards-based teaching. It's amazing to see now, based on those standards, how much this is hitting. And it's really... Um, because I'm getting to the point in my, um, with the program that I've been using this year, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm getting to the end of my reading standards where I can now look back and say, okay, these are the ones that they need to work on. And I'm really honing in on those with this project. And so that's been really fun. Yeah. Now they so, get to practice those skills. Yeah, I was I'm, just thinking we did a little unit together on primary and secondary sources yeah. and how perfect to revisit that skill with this project. Yeah. Yeah. And we had just finished persuasive writing, uh, last week, I think, and just to go back and talk about, you know, how important it is to look at your resources and, and now you are, are trying to convince people uh, about what you're talking about. So it's been really cool to see them kind of connect them as well. So with that, our next step is teachers out there listening are going to want to know how much time they have to put in outside of the classroom. We put in a lot of work um, as teachers in general, but when we talk about taking risks. I think that's one of the things that teachers are always fearful of, of like, it's not that they don't want to do it, but there's already, I'm already working 12 hour, 14 hour, 16 hour days. And if I add a risk to this, I know that's going to add more time. And so what would you say to those teachers that ask that question? That's a great question. Um, and this was something that we both had to figure out how to make this work. How, and, and just to give you a little more background, we produce a podcast every day of the week throughout the Iditarod, yes. <laughs> which is a, seems like a big undertaking, right? So how does, how does one do that? Um, so, so here are some, some tips. First of all, if this is something you truly are interested in doing, you don't have to figure it all out by yourself. We've gone through and we've done this and we're happy to share our resources. Hit me up on Twitter at Felicity Trepto. I am happy to share. I have a whole numbers document that completely walks you through how to produce a podcast with students. Um, personally, what I did is I actually divided my kids into five groups. So we had a Monday group, a Tuesday group, a Wednesday. You kind of get the idea. And so um, if you were the Monday group, that meant you're responsible for publishing the Monday podcast. Well, if you're not the Monday group, what are you doing? Well, you might be sitting down on the floor working with Mrs. Trepto on some reading skills. We still have to teach those reading skills. So I was working with small groups um, constantly down on the front floor. Um, if you're another group, you might be researching, you might be writing scripts, you might be practicing or recording some of your segments. And so when I say it looked like a little newsroom, that's exactly what it looked like. We have posters, and I and we're sitting in Miss um, Thompson's classroom right now, and I can already see the posters that are ready to rock and roll in her classroom. But we didn't want to make sure we repeated the same story, right? So kids had to communicate that to the other teams. Hey, this is, when we do Meet the Musher, we're covering Allie Zirkel first, so... She's done, so you can't pick her. So pick another musher for your meet the musher and so forth. And so kids were just milling about. Everyone had a job. They knew what they were supposed to do, completely focused, completely engaged. And so um, you have to be a little bit creative with making that work. Now, here's kind of a fun little story. So one of the things that this project teaches students is that deadlines are real, right? So it was like, hey, Monday group, if you don't have your podcast episode ready to rock and roll on Monday, 
it's not going up on Tuesday because that's going to be old news. And so I remember one of my last years when I was still in the classroom, we had a, a big field trip that fell over the Iditarod. And this Which we big, actually do as well. We're going yeah. to the school for us on yeah, March that 17th. was the field trip. So that was the go. field trip. And so I remember that group um, that day who was responsible for the podcast episode, they were just freaking out like, how are we going to make this work, Mrs. Crapto? <laughs> and I said, well, be creative, figure it out. And on our way to the school forest, I look over and I see one of my little students editing the podcast. So the rest of the bus is just, woohoo, we're going on a field trip. He is just like totally focused. He's putting in the bumpers, putting the sounds, doing the fade in, fade out. And I was just like, wow, it's so cool. I actually took a picture of it. You probably would find it on Twitter if you went and looked. <laughs> I do remember that picture yeah. and that mm-hmm. student. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just they wanted to do it, too. I think yeah. there's there's that cool part about it. Um, I just had a conversation. I just had conferences, and one of the things that kept coming up, as much as we have been in person since September, it's not the same, right? So we have a lot of protocol that we have to follow, and, you know, masks are always on. The kids are always kind of staying in their location, so I don't have to do 1,700 hours of close contact issues if I have a COVID case so on and so forth. And, and the conversation that kept coming up is, gosh, I know they're in person and I'm thankful that they're in person, but gosh, they still are just not super excited to come to school, which to me as a teacher is always just like, ugh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like that feeling. Um, but in the same regard, I get it because I don't really like it either. COVID has kind of changed things. And um, with this kind of, this Ikidapod coming up, they've been really excited of like, you know, and I still got to sit in my seat and I still, it's the four people that are sitting right next to each other that are working together, but they have something that they want to do. And they, and mm-hmm. that's been really tricky to do mm-hmm. this year. And I think the iPads have kind of saved us um, a little bit in that. Um, and our district has helped us with that. But this podcast is something that kids always want to do. Yay. And so I think I remember you telling also a story about a student that was like, guys, my grandma listens to this podcast, oh, <laughs> right? Oh, yes. Um, and so that's that's you, a reality. Yes, I totally remember that. Thank you yeah. for bringing that up. Yeah, they were struggling to come together as a team, and, and you notice that a lot in that first week, right? Like, kids aren't always the best at working together. I don't know if you've ever noticed <laughs> that. Just come watch a kickball game any day out on the, on the <laughs> playground. And this, yeah. this project really... Um, hones in on those skills and really can sometimes expose those skills. And so they were struggling, right? Like it's it's recess, they're staying in, we got to get this done. And finally, one of the boys just puts his fist down on the table really hard and says, guys, you don't get it. My grandma listens to this. <laughs> and I mean, we, we, we use Podbean as our um, host for the podcast. Yeah. And so we have um, the 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 information statistics, the statistics yeah. and I'm just like oh man if you only knew um, the subscribers that we have way more than just your grandma's listening to this but right. it was that meant enough you know my grandma's an authentic audience that's yeah. enough to me to want to get this done um, but in terms of how much does a teacher have to put in really none the kids do the work right yeah they airdrop you that episode and you post it. Thanks for coming back to that point. We got a little yeah, distracted. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. If you're still listening, because not a lot of people <laughs> like to listen to teachers talk. Right. <laughs> yes. And I would agree. I think one of the things that I sometimes struggle in in that regard and in that question is, um, especially with certain groups of students that I'm like, oh, they were trying so hard. I want to put their podcast out for them is is, is letting go and, and what Felicity was just talking about. And it's okay to let them fail with not putting a podcast out. In fact, mm-hmm. that's sometimes how they learn more than us yeah, kind of holding absolutely. their hand. So um, that that as a teacher is places you just have to let go. And they're, you know, just in, in letting them create and, and make those mistakes. So 
Awesome. So the last one, uh, which we've talked a little bit about, but we'll just kind of end on on this particular thing. How does it benefit our students? Uh, what have you seen with certain particular students? And, and specifically, um, just because I know and hope that some teachers are listening, that uh, reading and writing, as well as, I guess we could talk a little bit about math as well, but reading and writing in particular, reading especially, because that gets really focused in on, on standardized tests, which are our favorite thing in the world. Um, but how does that benefit our students? How does this podcast benefit our students? Um, I mean, of course, like, of course, their reading and writing abilities are going to um, get better. They're going to increase. Um, they're reading tons of nonfiction, which is a genre that's super heavy on our state testing. And it's not typically the genre our students grab for first. And so we try to work it into our curriculum wherever we, we can. But with a project like this, that engagement is through the roof. Going back to what I previously said, any time that your students can be creating and when they have an authentic audience, the engagement is automatically through the roof. And so kids want to, right? So they're like, I got to find the scoop. I got to find the best story. It, it gets a little bit competitive just like when they find, oh, I found an article. This one's ours. We're doing this one. Um, and so that, that research skills, um, the, the writing, having to summarize all of that, what they just read, right? So, of course, those skills are going to improve. But it's the other things that I did, mm-hmm. I did not realize. I will say I went into this going, great, I'll do this for reading and writing. Awesome. We'll be good to go. But it's all the other things. For example, kids who are super shy, when they first started this project, it was almost paralyzing to put them in front of the microphone, to have them speak and to have them on the episode. But by the end of the project, their confidence had increased so much. Like, and there are a couple of kids that just really stand out. I had another one who didn't turn in any work. In fact, when he came to me as a fourth grader, all of his third grade teachers came to me and said, good luck with that one. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we started this project, he never had a late episode. He never had a late um, article that he was researching and writing a script for. He was so, so engaged, so much, in fact, that his parents like reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, I don't know what you're doing right now in school, but he just is still researching at home, <laughs> right? Um, as well as just some of the, the teamwork things. Um, am I missing some? Fluency is one oh of the things gosh, that I noticed. Oh my gosh, yes, the yeah. speaking, yep. the speaking and yeah. fluency. And one of the things with my students, we had a, a little bit different population. Felicity worked with GT students, gifted and talented students when she was doing the podcast initially. And when she went and switched to the tech integration, um, I took on iKidapod. Thank you for letting me take it on. And uh, there's a little bit, <laughs> there are some students who are reading at a second, first grade level in fourth grade. And, and the idea of them having to f- try to fluently read something on a microphone and in front of, to them, thousands of people was paralyzing, like or you grandma. said. Or grandma. Or grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more important sometimes, right? Yeah. Because um, you know she's going to say something about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're the other people in yeah. Alaska. We don't get to talk to them. Yeah, so I think, you know, I just have a few instances that just stood out where those kids had the opportunity where they would write a script, but then when they went to go talk, they wouldn't even look at the script, and they knew exactly when they wanted what they wanted to say. They were animated, and they just loved what they were doing, and they were so proud of being able to put that out and let their classmates see, like, I can do this, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So I think that that piece that paralyzing piece that you talked about, I have just imagined my class just yesterday 
when I, we were talking about what they had to do, and I, I just asked them, show of hands, who's nervous about it? And I knew they were all going to, at least a majority of them were going to raise their hands, and they did. And, you know, we talked to them in two weeks, and they're going to be thinking kind of the same thing, but at the same time, they're going to sound like completely different kids. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm excited to see that growth with them. Yeah. So, Well, and what's cool about this project is that they can start a podcast. Yeah. Like anyone can start a podcast. It gives our students a voice to the world. Yes. You know, that they know what they have to say matters and that they have an audience. Yeah. I mean, that's so empowering. That's yes. a gift beyond what we're giving them of just like, hey, let's talk about some a cool event that happens yeah. in Alaska. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it makes it real for them, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, and then the other piece that we always have that I think benefits them is that we oftentimes are get connected to a bigger world. So when you first started this, you got connected to, I did a pod. Um, which was really awesome. Shout out. We love I did a pod. Yeah. And they usually do, um, not that I'm requesting, but they usually do a yearly shout out for us in some way, shape or form. Um, and for the kids to hear, you know, Alaska public media talking about their podcast um, is just, it's very eye opening to them and just realizing, and then we'll have mushers who send cards or booties. We got booties Thank one you, year. Thank you, mushers. The musher yeah. community is by far the nicest, most generous community of athletes. Like, We've connected with them on Facebook. We've done interviews with them through Facebook yeah. Messenger. And their grandkids one Circle year. sent us a postcard one year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think just making that real. So thank you, mushers, and, and just the and mushing community. Media. Yeah. That that yeah. it makes it real for the kids when, when they feel like they're connecting, um, which is really cool. And in Wisconsin in general, the kids, when they're research, researching their mushers, they're like, they're from Wisconsin. I, you know, I know where that place is at. And, and it's really cool to see that connection as well. So yeah. Just and how about that? Um, I, I, I did a rad junior winner yes. from Wisconsin. Yes. That sure. was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So Wisconsin's got some mushing background. I have not mushed before, but you have. I have. Yeah. yeah. One of your favorite awesome. moments. There is a, an episode way back in the archives, which you could probably find, where you hear Crystal Coldfingers explain her oh, mushing right. experience. Season four. Yeah, our stu- season our students three. come up with their own mushing names, by the way. So yeah, keep it, keeping them, you know, once they become super popular. Yeah. 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 We got to keep the media at bay. That's right. right. <laughs> awesome. Anything else we wanted to talk about? No. Thank you for giving those shout-outs. And also to Iditarod.com. We, that is the number one um, resource for our students to go to. We love the video footage. We understand this year is probably going to be a little bit different just because of the constraints around uh, the media and the um, audience and how much contact they can have with the mushers. But we are super appreciative for all you do and for the information you provide. Yes. So, thank thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we have a, a subscription where they can watch and all that stuff. So they're excited about that. Um, and that that's one thing, a disclaimer for this year. Um, I don't know how this is going to look. I don't know how well it's going to run, but we're going to do our best. I have have protocols I have to follow here, follow here at school um, with COVID-19. Uh, we also have more days where we're doing virtual learning to also protect our students. Um, and with that, it could be a little shaky, but we're going to make it work. That's right. So we'll do our best. So thank you for listening to iKidapod, coverage of the Iditarod provided by kids. We would like to pay a special thanks, which Felicity already talked about, to iditarod.com, the mushers, and, of course, the dogs. Tune in next time. Bye.